0: Hello and welcome to the Fishing Guide podcast. I'm your host Brad Weekman. I tell you what I've come over here to Alabama and that's the reason why we're inside is because we've been outside all day, been on the water, yes, doing sir. some live scope fishing with uh, Kevin McCarley here and uh, he's on the pro staff of uh, B Poles and a bunch of others. I'm sure he'll mention later in the in the program. but uh, we are uh, we are on uh, Wheeler Wheeler. And I was going to say we're right here in the town of Decatur. So tell us a little bit because you are actually, um, and I'm excited because we have a, a, a home, a Homer, I guess here, yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah. tell us, uh, you lived around here. Tell us about growing up and being in this area.
1: Okay, I'm uh, originally from Madison, which is probably about 15 miles uh, east of here. Uh huh. Um, but the Tennessee River runs right through. There in Madison, Huntsville, you know, it right. runs all the way from Gunnersville to here through Decatur, all the way to Rogersville. Um, grew up fishing with my grandmother and my father uh, in the backwaters of the Tennessee River, which right. primarily I would say the Arrowhead area, Beaver Dam Creek areas, right. and also here, right here in Decatur, in those flats, right. as you come into Decatur on Highway 20. We used to stick as many cane poles as we could under our leg and just just drift those flats and, uh, you know, really catch some slobber knocker crappie out there.
0: So you've gone from uh, growing up here and stuff to now fishing out of a 20-foot Ranger boat. Yeah, Yeah, it's a big Big engine.
1: Big difference. Big difference from the uh, little 12-foot flat bottom of my grandfather's that I started out in, you know. Right. uh, No trolling motor. It was just a paddle, and you, you know, sculling along and uh, drifting those corks, and, uh, you know, some of the best times I ever had, you know, especially with my grandmother. I really miss her, and she was a real inspiration getting me going fishing, her and my dad both. Uh, I guess my dad's probably the one that got me into tournament fishing. Right. Uh, I would go fish a few of the uh, Shoals area crappie club tournaments as a guest, and, uh, once i started doing it as a guest i really took an interest to it and went out right. and bought my own flat bottom and you know now we're fishing out of a 21 foot ranger so i right. really took to it and uh, i just love the sport and i love the people i've right. met some really good people out there doing this and uh, it's been a blessing to me
0: well let's talk uh, i guess let's talk about your uh, teammate then now yeah, john your partner old yeah, john old john harrison
1: uh he's a He's He's getting a plug. He's not even have to work or he doesn't even have to show up. John has that look, you know, (laughs) he's just, he's just got that look. I don't don't think I've ever seen a picture of him smiling. You know, he's just got that look, but man, John is a, uh, he's diehard. And he's one of those guys kind of like me, uh, years ago, before I got into crappie fishing, man, I was into deer hunting. Right. And that's where all my efforts were put. You know, I was out Mm -hmm. trying to get that biggest deer, uh, I think John was the same way. You know, John's won two or three national championships with uh, baying hogs. Right. You know, doing the dog thing with hogs. So, wow. you know, when John got out of that and decided he was going to get into a crappie fish, and he went into it full bore, and uh, no pun intended there. But That's right. <laughs> I, uh, I really enjoy having a partner like John because, you know, when you go somewhere and you hit the water, there's not a bit of let up in him. Right, we're gonna do everything we can to finish the best we can, catch the best fish we can, and it's a it's a true partnership. Right. You know, there's a lot of guys out there that uh, some of them are netting, right. some of them are fishing. Well, me and John both fish and we both net. Right, um, you just have to recognize when it's your turn to catch a fish and when it's your turn to take a back seat. Right, me and John have seemed to be able to do that real well.
0: That takes us into what everyone wants to know: is how do you catch these dang fish on Wheeler? Man, I
1: just (laughs) – Wheeler is a shallow water lake for the most part. Okay. Um, You know, it's really the – it's really where they dump all the water on this section of the Tennessee River all the way from Pickwick to Guntersville. Uh, Wheeler will fluctuate five to six feet from winter to summer. So it is the flood control lake of the Tennessee River in this Mm. area. They're going to get rid of all the water because you can spread it out. There's so many flats. There's so many shallow areas, stump flats you can push that water into, where, say, somewhere like it doesn't have anywhere else to go. Right. Um, So uh, Wheeler, catching crappie on Wheeler, live scoping. My favorite way to catch fish here is live scoping now, which it used to be spider rigging. Right. And I love spider rigging the stump flats. And I still uh-huh. do it from time to time, but you get in the summertime like this, you might as well put the trolling rods up. You might as well get one pole, right, and get out that live scope fired up and go looking for structure because that's uh-huh. where you're going to find the fish.
0: So, structure? Are you talking about cover like a structure in the a ledge? Or are you talking about wood?
1: Well, I, I try to find uh, I try to find those trees. Uh, one of my favorite places in the summertime would be up on the uh, upper end or lower end down toward the dam. Right. I enjoy fishing the First Creek area, Elk River. And both of those areas have a lot of timber that are already in there. And what they do is it's not necessarily growing timber. Right. But it's logs that have come from way up Elk River, which actually comes from Thames Ford Lake. Wow. Elk River is fed from Thames Ford. Jeez. And the Elk River comes all the way into the Tennessee there, around the Rogersville area. Wow! but there's so many huge logs that get jammed up on that elk river uh-huh. that you can find nice structure without having to go out and put it out right and it's not necessarily standing growing timber it's what's drifted up into uh, say a sandbar right uh, a lot of shallow areas on that elk river that catch and collect all that debris and it holds crappie.
0: yeah and so uh using live scope is there a certain depth that you're looking for and and if you're looking for a certain depth are you changing your size of your jigs are you changing them to you know because you're fishing in three foot and then you might be fishing in 15
1: a lot of people probably do but i don't i I, i'm generally a one-eighth ounce guy Uh uh-huh that's what i keep on my my rod all the time uh my favorite rod's a 12 foot brush cutter i if i'm in five foot stump flats and I see a fish on a stump Uh I feel comfortable pitching past that fish right bringing that bait right back to him to get a bite Uh, a lot of times that shallow water I'll power pole down when I get to a good stump or something that's covered with fish right and I'll cast I might put up that 12 foot brush cutter and get out a six foot sharpshooter and cast at those fish Uh Um, but in the summer primarily you need to look for the ledges say if you're in the elk river you're in 20 foot of water in the main channel, well, it's going to come up pretty drastic on uh-huh. each side. And those ledges are where you need to be looking for that structure that's gotten lodged in there. And there's a ton of stuff on this lake that people have put out. Right. A ton of stuff I never knew was there until I got scope. Uh-huh. So if you're putting out structure on the lake, there is nothing safe. <laughs> there is nothing it. safe nowadays with forward-facing sonar no matter what you put out somebody's going to find it
0: yeah sooner or later someone Some, drift over it when they're retying yeah. or something and That's they'll be right. like well, look at this brand look new bus this, right
1: here i've seen stuff from buckets with sticks in it to whole tree tops to uh the little porcupines look right. like a bowling ball with sticks uh-huh. sticking out of it so i've found all kinds of stuff since i've gotten that live scope and it's really it's made me a better fisherman
0: yeah and so uh use an eighth ounce jig tell us some more about your rigs uh your poles the line that you're using are using high viz or or what are you doing with your equipment
1: i normally use just a clear gamma Uh, okay uh, usually use an eight pound all right uh on my brush cutter i'll use an eight pound if I'm going to a smaller spinning rod like the sharpshooter, right. I try to downsize to a six or a four-pound test for that smaller rod.
0: And is that mono? It that is, mono. is mono. I,
1: I don't use fluoro. I don't use braid. Uh-huh. I'm just an old-school mono guy. Still tie a simple knot. right? I think I've showed you before. I call it my granny, yep. my granny knot because that's, that's what right. my grandmother taught me. So that's I'm right. just a, a simple fishing guy that's got a little bit of electronics that's try to make the most of them.
0: Right, so um, you talked uh, when we were out on the water. You talked some about um, finding and and catching the fish, but is there is there any tricks to your electronics that help you see it better? How do you set it? How do you set your electronics up so that you can see it? I know you were talking about leaving it in the same range so you saw the fish the same.
1: What I like to do is I like to keep mine anywhere from twenty to twenty five foot on the depth range. Okay. Um, the only time I will ever adjust that is if I get into five foot or less of water. Okay. Um, one reason for that is allows you to when you're looking at that fish. If you start shallowing up, that fish is going to look bigger than he really is. Right. So if you can keep it at that a consistent depth, what you're looking at is always going to be the same. Right. Yeah. You know, I guess what I mean by that is uh. If you're looking at a two-pound fish and you've got it set at 20 foot, if you raise that up to five foot, that two-pound fish is going to look like a four-pound fish from Grenada, right. you know, or he's going to look like a drum, and you're just going to uh-huh. pass him by. So if you keep it at the 20 foot, that helps as far as the recognition of what size crappie you're going for, um, and as far as the distance out from the boat, Right. I always, when I'm searching, when I'm driving along searching, I keep it on 60 foot. Okay. I see something I like. I see a, a brush top, a piece of structure covered with fish. Slow the boat down. Put on the brakes. I'll dial that thing back down to about thirty foot, uh-huh. where I can get in there and really pinpoint which fish I want to target. Right. And helps you have a better approach on your bait to that fish.
0: Let's talk about uh, presentation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so today we saw a couple different presentations. Tell them about uh, different ways they can use. Uh, the jig and, and to catch them live. Scalping.
1: Sure, sure. Um, you know, there's a lot of people. I'd say 80% of the people out there, including my partner, John, right, always runs a tungsten weight with two right. bobber stops and then a jig. Uh-huh. Okay, I'm right the opposite. I never run a weight above mine. I always love to stick with a one eighth 1⁄8-ounce jig, right. let it fall how it does, and that's just a little bit different in our fishing styles. Right, They both work. They're both effective. Um, I just prefer to have that one jig. Um, I've heard horror stories before. People catch them, and that extra weight will kind of almost knock the jig out of their mouth sometimes. Uh, But John's really good with the weight above. I'm not. right, So, you know, I mean, that's just really, I guess, kind of a personal preference for me. But I like just the one jig, head,
0: Right. Is it uh, – because you have current here. We do. Is it more – uh, dead sticking, or when does that come into play? Where you're dead sticking, or, or maybe you're moving the bait more? And and tell them a little bit about how fast you like to move your bait. Sometimes
1: I got you. Yeah, you know, really and true. That's one of those things you just have to let the fish kind of guide you on and tell you what to do. But uh-huh. I always start out trying to pitch past my target. Right. Bring it back with some movement. See if they react. If they don't react, I'll try to drop it straight on their head. And a lot of times you can get that reaction by right. just dropping it straight down. Give it a little pop. Uh-huh. As soon as you get above their head, give it a little pop. Get their attention. A lot of times it'll trigger that that big bite usually.
0: So dead sticking's good here?
1: Dead sticking. Right. Casting, running it by them. You just kind of have to see what the fish are, are wanting that day because it does change.
0: Well, today you cast it out, and then you got down there, and they kind it was in the right spot, but you reeled it up real quick.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I try to take it away from them sometimes. I you know, I I learned that from old Eric Cagle. Now, if you ever watched old Eric, you know, he's probably the one, in my opinion, that kind of invented, or the first one I see, try to take that bait away from that fish. Right. And it's almost like, whoa, you're not getting away from me, and Uh and it almost makes them just want to go after it harder. Uh Uh, But there are times when it's just dead 90 degrees out here, and the fish are kind of like us, you know, they... (laughs) They want to sit on a couch and not do a lot to eat, you know, but... That's right. If you get a bait right there and just dead stick it right in front of them, if they're not necessarily hungry, you might just aggravate them enough to where they will right. bite. And I've had to do that a lot. So in color, the So,
0: yeah, color... Color uh, patterns for uh, soft plastics here. Um, what What's the big colors that seem to work the best? And style. Are you using a paddle tail or like a... Um, you know, a bait that doesn't have any action at all to it?
1: Yeah, I like to use, uh, you know, Wheeler's got, does have black and white crappie. Uh Uh, Majority of the fish that I catch here are white crappie, especially in these stump flats. Right. um, Or on the edges of these channels and stuff. You get into the black crappie, you get out on the main river channel and you can find some treetops, you'll find more black crappie. Right. But I tend to try to always start out with an inch and a half slider grub. Right. Uh, just a little small paddle tail to it, but it's a small, mm. small profile bait, right? which will work for black or white crappie. Um, if I feel like it's too small of a profile, I'll go up to the 2 and an eighth inch minnow that wow. Slider makes. I've caught a lot of fish on that, too. And uh-huh. uh, here lately, since I've come out with my own bait, the K-Mac bogey fry, uh-huh. uh, I've been using that quite a bit and catching a lot of fish on that, too.
0: So uh, tell us a little bit about that bait. Then uh, it's, it's where do they find this? Is this just packaged in uh, Alabama? Is that is well? That where it's a find it's stuff? a
1: gentleman uh, up on Lake Chickamauga who uh-huh. makes bass baits, and like I say, it's Pro Z baits.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Uh You can look them up online. Um, all of the, my baits are stocked all throughout Gunnersville. Right. And we're getting them moved over this way toward Wheeler a little more. Uh, I gotcha. Place custom made baits in uh-huh. Tanner. They stock them. And we've got a couple other stores looking at stocking them here toward the Rogersville area as well. But Gunnersville, you can find them at GTO Waterfront, um, several of the places over there, um, Skyline Grocery, a lot of the places over in the Gunnersville area carry the K-Mac Bogey Fry.
0: Right. Well, that's a good that's a good spot to just plug in tackle time now because uh pico lures has uh, wow do they have a wide selection of lures for crappies they got crankbaits that are just phenomenal and they're really a hot bait right now uh, they have the square bill and they have a deep diver uh we didn't do any of that uh but uh, you did mention that it would work it would so I, you if know, people would go out there right. and uh like trolls, some crankbaits, pretty much just about any place, Uh, especially in those Mississippi lakes. They really like the Picos, and so you can check them uh, out online, or even their soft plastics, and they have a full line of soft plastic, and also bass jigs and bass lures, so you can check them out there at picolures.com. Uh, if they wanted to find out more about you, Kevin, and uh, what you're up to, uh, you have some social media outlets they can go yes, check out.
1: Yes, sir. Uh, I'm on Facebook, just Kevin McCarley. I'm on uh, Instagram as McCarley Kevin. Okay. Uh, we have a YouTube channel, TikTok, so uh, out there on several of the platforms. There you, you know, go. I'm, I'm still uh, one of those older guys learning how to. How to get involved with the TikTok a little more, you know, than right. some of these younger guys. They got it down, but you
0: uh, didn't do. you should have done something in the boat today. Yeah, he should should've have done, done some
1: TikTok video or something. But yeah, uh, but it's uh, uh you know social media has really uh, changed things right so much for us. You know, um, it allows us to to reach people that never would have known who Kevin McCarley was. Uh, you know, I have people right. that follow me from up north to down south to out west. And uh, right. it's really kind of neat to see people make comments and congratulate right. you on accomplishments and things. And that's uh, kind of a cool deal. Yep.
0: There, the, there you go. There you have it. Well, like I always like to end the show, make sure you keep your hook sharp and your lures in the water.